Clubhouse's Press Pass, and we're here for day two of San Diego Comic-Con with Paul. He's going to tell us all the things he saw, heard, any scoops, what's the haps, what's the cool fashion, all the things. And this is Paul. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please give us a high rating so that other people can find this podcast as well. Day two, always exciting. I always feel like I'm a little exhausted, but I still have a lot of adrenaline pumping through my bod. Tell me everything. Where were you coming from when you were heading over to the convention? What did you see on the way? What were things going on? How did the start of your day go? Fortunately, I was able to stay at a hotel on a bus route. That's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about lodging because that's a whole thing too. We talked in our last podcast about how do you do your preparations when it comes to doing the panels you're going to see or the little events, maybe after parties, whatnot, where you're going to go. Let's talk a little bit today about how do you pick good lodging? What are good amenities when it comes to lodging? If you're not aware of how Comic-Con works in general, it is daunting to get into it. You'd be surprised so many people are able to attend given the way that it's set up because the tickets are sold on a lottery system where your chances of getting in this year depend on did you come last year. And hotels that are the premier hotels, the ones that are guaranteed on the bus route and all that are also offered on a lottery system at least at first. So the hotels are reserved in giving your selection in this lottery, but then after some of those plans fall through, because maybe say you're going with a group and all six people in your group reserve a hotel. Well, if all six people decide to split the cost and stay in the same room, then they need to get rid of five of those rooms and only keep one. So then a bunch of rooms open back up for this second round of hotels. And that is when I got my hotel without participating in the lottery. Um, we had already booked a different hotel as sort of like a, a fail safe, but it was not necessarily on the bus route and it was somewhat lower standard than we would normally stay at. Right. But that's a tip that I would give people is that, you know, you could do that. Definitely be very, very, very careful about things like non-refundable clauses, pay attention to what the cancellation dates are, make sure that you are, if you are working with other people that you know where money has been put down and where it hasn't, we joined a Facebook group um, so that we could be up on, you know, when people had a room that might come available, people would often post and say like, Hey, I've got this room over here is anyone interested and you could kind of work with other people cooperatively even if you didn't know them now always we're going to give the the warning you know this is the internet people so be cautious when you're in these these social groups and make sure that you know uh you know that what you're doing is safe if you're interacting with someone so be cautious but it really worked out for us in terms of being able to upgrade your hotel you're on the bus route another huge part i would suggest because the food at cons can tend to be sort of circus food i want to say it tends to be snacks and sort of that kind of funnel cake super sugary just kind of like yeah. make you feel like you're who's the pretzel stand auntie whatever <laughs> yeah 
hands. Yes. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so, you know, if you're looking to, you know, sustain yourself for all day, I'm, I'm not, we're no health nuts or anything over here, but you can't really, you know, uh, make it all day long on like a snow cone. So we highly suggest that you stay at a place that offers some breakfast that you can either eat there or even better grab and go and you can snack on the bus or while you're walking, that type of thing, get some, throw some fruit in your bag, throw some just grab and go easy things from the hotel. And it's a great way to start your day because other people are trying to go find food and you're already ready. So you mentioned fashion and in the last podcast, you mentioned D&D. So I thought I'd mention that I think the lowest barrier to entry cosplay that I saw overwhelmingly this year were new members of the Hellfire Club. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yes, that was a popular t-shirt because all you need to do is wear a t-shirt. Well, and here's the thing. They're, they are available for like 20 bucks at Walmart. So they're definitely like a low cost, easy entry point type of quote unquote costume, you know, where you just grab it and you're instantly ready to go. You look perfect. You look exactly like you're in character, <laughs> right? No yes. matter what else you're wearing. So that's awesome. Did you see any other really great costumes? I did not take any time to photograph anybody's costumes. However, there were plenty of costumes. There's all, I mean, this is one of the biggest sort of like show up and show out type conventions where you're going to see everything. I know you talked to me a lot about different outfits that, that you saw throughout. I mean, was there any that really struck you? Did anything seem popular where you're like, I'm definitely, I mean, obviously Hellfire Club, we're going to see a lot of that this Halloween yeah. and at other conventions. Were there any other ones for upcoming movies or shows that really just seemed to, one of those things where, you know, like uh, when I was at WonderCon, I think it was the Spider-Man people. I say Spider-Man, like the, yeah. like the Petermans, the Spider-Man like all got together in front of the fountain and took like, there was like, you know, a hundred of them or something. Right. Um, you know, was there any costume like that that seemed to be like overwhelmingly popular? I wouldn't say so. I mean, Spider-Man is always popular, like you just mentioned. Variations on Spider-Man, like the noir Spider-Man that wears like the trench coat and the fedora. And, Ooh, but it's completely dapper Spider-Man. But if it's you all will. in tones of black and gray. Love um, it. Yeah, that was one that I saw that's kind of stood the out. Natty Spider-Man. Well, he's he's meant to be of a genre, <laughs> you know, various anime styled cosplay marvel characters are always uh popular because they just have like those onesie suits that that people can wear yeah and that's kind of like a cool newer thing i would say now i don't when i say newer i mean like maybe i don't know it's probably 10 years old or something but the technology has really come far in terms of those sort of like onesie unitard kind of outfits i mean they used to be pretty cheesy and now they actually have quite a bit of detail like you were commenting to me about the the highlights and the shadows and stuff even that were sort of printed on them where when you took a photograph they actually looked pretty good and with a little accessorization um um, you're basically the character, you know, if it's a character with like a certain color hair or a jacket or something like a very a popular one that I saw was a character named Rogue from Marvel Comics. She wears kind of a green and yellow bodysuit, but then she has like a cropped jacket that, okay. that she would wear because she was designed in the 80s. And and then she has uh, hair with like a, a white stripe and like a band around. You just need to get that wig, get that jacket, get that suit and you're it. You know, yeah. I mean, I think that's key, though. That's how good 
tip is that, you know, go ahead and buy that suit that like, you know, kind of unitard, you know, easy to put on suit, but put your money in the accessories because that's where you're really going to sell it, whether it be like the really cool boots or a really cool bracelet or the head gear, whatever the person wears, whether it's a hat or a wig or what have you, like go a little bit further and you sell it like, I think a thousand percent more. It's not just like, it's not a one for one, you know, it's like, it's like you're, you're at like a, you know, like a three with your unitard, but you're like a seven when you just add a couple accessories. Yeah. Yeah. And there were lots of those. So tell me about what was the first presentation you got to see on day two? Day two, I went to the Indigo Ballroom and saw a presentation for a new game called Multiverses. Now I'm not so into phone games, but the concept was cool it was essentially every property that warner brothers has access to they would pick characters from those things and stick them in this game and create a two-on-two platform fighting game so think sort of like a team mortal Kombat sort of thing but with shaggy and Teen Titans and Arya Stark and the Tasmanian Devil and Superman and the Iron Giant. Just anybody that the WB has the rights to, they can potentially put into this game. And so as part of that, they had Matthew Lillard, who played Shaggy in the movie version of Scooby-Doo 20 years ago. Since then, he has been kind of off and on voicing Shaggy for various projects, including this game. And then with him was the voice actor of the ages, Tara Strong. Now, Tara Strong is a beloved voice actress in this household. So uh, we were thrilled when she started following Pod Clubhouse's Instagram. Paul got some really amazing pictures of her. Where can they see things like photographs that you took during this day or, or any of the interviews or video that you captured? Where can they see some of that? Our Instagram account, Pod Clubhouse, or Twitter. Those are the main places you'll be able to see them right now. And you'll be putting up some YouTube videos as well? We will have them for the interviews I was able to get, yes. Awesome. So you guys definitely go and check those out too. Um, was there anything from the multiverses that you felt like, you know, people really need to need to get the scoop on or anything that was like sort of like, wow, I was not expecting that? It's currently in beta. So if you're listening to this in the summer of 2022, you can access the game, but they're not done making the game just yet. But you can play Shaggy, for instance, and like his power move is that he can throw sandwiches. So like every character has their own um, unique super move and that keeps with their theme. Now, I don't know how you put Arya Stark in with these kid type properties because, you know, She's killed a lot of people in her show. <laughs> right. You know, gruesomely. You know, I don't know how you mix that with the Tasmanian devil for You just have to be cool, Paul. You just I, have to be I cool. guess just, so. Just use your imagination, let your let your mind wander and think like, what would happen if I mashed these two shows up? What would this look like? And just be relaxed about what's gonna happen. Well, that's Get a good attitude. Nuts, that's a good attitude. She <laughs> this this game will let you do it. Pretty cool. So from there I went to the Walking Dead press panel. AMC holds a different style press event than most other channels. They hold a press conference. Okay. 
which means they have every every reporter there to cover the show in a room, a large room, and all of the creators and stars at like a, a head table. And then we're just allowed to ask questions, you know, think Ted Lasso. <laughs> Answering questions from uh, Trent Krim. <laughs> the Independent? Yeah, from The Independent, right, exactly. <laughs> um, that was cool, getting to see Norman Reedus and um, Seth Gilliam. And uh, there were this, this was one of those panels where they had lots of people announced. But as we were sitting there while they were prepping the room, they had all the like little name tents. And they kept taking nine tenths away. Oh no! So like Melissa McBride didn't come, and and uh, just a couple other people didn't come. But there were still, I mean, lots of you know familiar faces. Now Walking Dead's been around for forever, so you know they have this fandom that's I'm gonna say a little bit waxed and waned, right? Because there's people who have these like tried and true like original cast love, and the you know the storyline has really moved along to where like a lot of those guys aren't really around anymore. But they had some announcements here. Well, this was meant to be the kind of the last press panel that they would do for this show. If you've been keeping up on The Walking Dead, you know that season 11 is being presented in three parts. As part of the public panel, which I wasn't able to see, they announced that Andrew Lincoln and Danae Guerrera otherwise known as Rick and Michonne, would be joining up together in a new miniseries. This is different than the previous plan. If you um, recalled, when Andrew Lincoln left the show, there was talk that there would be these Rick Grimes movies. Yeah, which was always puzzling to me. I wasn't exactly sure how that was going to work out. Sounds like AMC wasn't so sure either. <laughs> yeah. Well... You know, that it's always tricky getting people to pay for something that they were getting kind Semi of for, for free. free a minute right. ago. Well, and also hard to cross mediums, right? Like, so if you are already on a TV show and you have these dedicated TV watchers, sometimes it can be difficult to get them into a movie theater to go watch. Delivery was was never really settled upon that I'm aware of. Whether it was going to be direct to AMC+, Plus, which is sort of like their pay version of AMC, or if it was going to be theaters. I don't know that that was ever publicly known or decided. But they have their solution now as the main show, The Walking Dead, is reaching its finale. They have announced that there's going to be the Maggie and Negan show. There's going to be the Daryl show, which may have Carol. Who knows? And then now the Rick and Michonne show. So neither of those two actors was in the press panel. Uh, the actress that plays Judith was there. How old is Judith now? My mind is like... She's quite small. <laughs> is she very young yes wow yes it seems like one of those things where they could like shoot her head like kind of like all odd days of our lives where you like blink and you're like wait a minute i thought that that kid was like they did a time six, jump and then now they're like 25 and they have kids no they haven't they haven't jumped like that but yeah remember they did a time jump from when she was basically like toddler to you know, old enough to uh, wield Michonne's katana and Rick's but, but, 44. But of course, right. And wear his hat. And wear his hat. <laughs> Without it just covering her eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a moment when someone asked, which character would you would you want to bring back? And some people said, 
you know, Tyrese. Yeah. But when they got to her, she said Carl and the whole room goes, oh. (laughs) Her character, her her version of her character never really met Carl, though. Only when she was a little girl, which was played by someone else. Right. Very little. But that's that's still adorable. It was. Within the story. It was. That her character would love on him. Yeah. After that was the Tales of the Walking Dead panel in the same room, conveniently, which is one of the other spinoffs that is going to be an anthology series where every episode is just going to be a one shot about something happening in the Walking Dead world. I don't know that all of them are going to be prequel stories or even, say, kind of the Fall of Man era stories. They brought along the actress who played Alpha from the Whisperers plotline, Samantha Morton, and turns out she's British. Who knew? Yeah. And um, probably her mom. Yeah, probably her mom. But a lot of uh, TV fans probably did not. And so they're going to tell how she, what she went through to become Alpha. Okay. They They gave a little bit of prequel in an episode during her run, but this is going to be a whole episode of kind of leading up to where she found herself and how she found herself in that spot where she started to learn what she needed to do to adapt to the new world and how she became Alpha. A very popular actor, uh, Terry Crews, was there. Oh. And he is playing a character that looks like very against type. Huh. Yeah. I mean, you can only see it in the previews just a smidge, but he looks like he might be maybe intellectually disabled or... Or just snapped or something. Just something non-typical is happening with his character. Okay. Um, And usually you don't see Terry Crews get to to stretch that particular acting muscle. And they also had an actor named Danny Ramirez. Um, There's very little about his plot line, actually. All he had to say was uh, it was hard work. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So are you looking forward to these Walking Dead properties or what? How do you feel about them like really kind of like, I don't know, I don't I don't want to say watering down the main cast and kind of splitting them off into all these different things, because certainly spinoffs have been very popular with other shows like All in the Family or something, and it's been very successful. Do you think that that's going to happen with this franchise? My personal prediction is some will and some won't. I think that's accurate. The main show, The Walking Dead, had made decisions along the way that kind of lost the thread of why people watched the show. They did it in a way where those characters were dead. And yeah. and that's final. You can't come back from that. And so there's still money to be made. There's still viewers to gain and, and eyeballs to consume. So I don't blame them for trying. It's always tough because when you have such a, a tight strong core cast you know i mean it would have been easy for someone like 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 friends to then shoot off to be like three or four different shows which they tried with joey yeah right and that was like "Mm -hmm." so it's it's a gamble but you know good luck to them and hopefully they find some new eyes like you said some new fans and and those tried and true like daryl lovers i mean they're gonna go they're gonna keep watching you know whatever daryl's doing they're gonna go watch what daryl's doing well in the maggie negan show we may or may not own a Daryl Vest. (laughs) They have a weird understanding going, those two characters. Um, Maggie and Negan? Yeah. Yeah. Because Maggie is starting to understand how Negan got to be in Negan. Yeah, well. 
But that doesn't mean she can forgive him for killing Glenn. Well, of course. So, that's yeah. That's a real complicated right. forgiveness situation there. <laughs> that's that's right. Next, I went to a press panel for a show that I am getting to know, but I wasn't completely um, up on. This is an animated show on Fox. You can also catch reruns on Hulu. And I got to talk to the co-creators, Wendy and Lizzie Molyneux, who are also uh, producers and writers on Bob's Burgers. That's how they kind of got their shot on creating this show. The voice actors that they had in the room were Dolce Sloan, Paul Rust, and Aparna Nanchurla. They portray Honeybee, Ham, and Moon. Our family is a big Bob's Burgers fam. I mean, we dressed up as Bob's Burgers characters for Halloween. So what is your what is your feel about the Great North? Like, are you into it just because it's the same creators? It's it's a new show. You know, it's it's only in its second season. And so I think it's still finding its voice about what will make it funny. It's about a family in Alaska with um, uh, a dad no mom around and then his his kids he's raising his kids in alaska and there are some eccentricities with their kids like moon is a little boy in a bear suit and he always wears the bear suit one of the more quirky aspects of the show is that the character judy portrayed by jenny slate seeks uh, spiritual guidance from an aurora borealis version of alanis morissette <laughs> And turns out Alanis Morissette plays Alanis Morissette in the show. Well, that's awesomely authentic. Yeah. The creators say that they always had Alanis Morissette in mind. And when they asked her, she was more than happy to join in. I tried to give them a, um, a little business about it, that maybe they had Jewel on standby. <laughs> and uh, they said, nope, it was always Alanis Morissette. That's funny. That would have been appropriate, though. Alaska, right? Of course. Yeah. I get it. Um, Listeners, I hope you get it. <laughs> Uh, and, and I did ask them, does uh, the Tobin family exist in the Belcher universe? The Belchers being the Bob's Burgers family. Of course. And they were both unanimous and immediate in saying no. Even really? Though, even though the animation looks the same and they come from Bob, they being Wendy and Lizzie, the creators, they won't overlap. Huh. I find that fascinating. Why would they why would they plant a flag like that? They state their whole reason in the interview. Okay, well definitely you guys, that's your teaser. You gotta get over there and listen to that interview because you are gonna find out why would they not interact. I wanna know more. And that's pretty much what I did for day two. That spread out all day. I might have attended a couple of smaller things, but these were the main things where I got to meet and talk to the beautiful people. Now, this was a Friday. So what was the vibe like ramping up on day two as people were, I'm sure, more and more and more were coming on in? Yeah, it was getting busier on the exhibition floor. Uh, the lines were getting longer. The exclusives were selling out. You know, all that all that stuff was happening. Speaking of, I mean, I loved that Wonder Wharf, uh, Bob's Burgers slash The Great North and all of the different franchises that are under that same umbrella. That table was awesome. They had a lot of cool stuff. I know you brought back a t-shirt for one of our kiddos from that table. Very cool. Yeah, well, that's kind of the interesting thing about the way that the big media presences operate on the exhibition floor is that you have to stand in line just to get up to the counter to even look 
at what they have. Very cool. You guys, in day three, we're going to talk more about that exhibition floor and things that Paul saw, things that were amazing, things that were exclusive to the con. So definitely stay tuned and come back to listen to day three. This is Caroline. And this is Paul. Thanks for listening to Pod Clubhouse. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you.